to the first project. Uh, it's been a minute since we sat down and had a had a conversation about God, <laughs> and hopefully you guys enjoyed the first episode. And uh, there's a lot more to uh, a lot more experience along that line. So if you are interested, um, you know, get on board and uh, subscribe to the feed so you can keep getting these uh, these reflections coming your way. Um, today. I thought I would talk about about the topic of grace. Um, I didn't have much prepared, but I guess I had something written down so I don't lose track of uh, where to start. So uh, yeah, so I think grace is something that divides Christians pretty much just because um, of how misunderstood the term is or the concept is. People think grace gives you a license to sin and keep living in a lifestyle which isn't Christian at all. Uh, pretty much saying, okay, I can go out and sleep with this person and another person the night after. It's okay, but God, because God is going to forgive me, there's grace in that. And then go out there the next night and do it again. Um, that's not what grace enables at all. Uh, it can be weaponized. To enable a very self-servient lifestyle, uh, you can say, "Yeah, it's all good." I'll say, "I'm sorry to God, and He'll forgive you." Another perspective around grace is that it seems to be something that's earned and something that you have to add onto your own efforts to get a piece of that pie. So, something along the lines of, "Yeah, He's gonna forgive me," but I feel like I should be doing something to show that I'm actually sorry for what I've done. And then you try to do something to add on to the grace that God forgives, that God gives so freely. And these are one of the main reasons why it's so misunderstood. To understand it, I guess we need to go back to the very concept of salvation. Um, salvation is a gift that's freely given by God. It's, it's always on the table. You don't have to accept it. No one's going to force you to accept it. Uh, but it is there for your, for, for your use, for your acceptance. It's, it's, it's free. Um, it pretty much allows you to enter into this grace that God gives so freely. Salvation is, is as I said, is a gift. Yeah, it allows, it allows you to enter into grace. You need to take the step and accept the salvation that's there in order to receive the grace. So if you don't accept the salvation, you won't be able to experience grace fully or fully understand just how much of it that covers you. So in today's age, um, you, you've got a set of parameters that 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 you use to determine whether you're a good or or a bad person these are all guidelines that you yourself impose uh, you're the judge you're the jury and you say okay if i live by these parameters then i'm fine i've i've lived a good day uh, let's try and do it again tomorrow but if you fail you feel like crap and you know uh, you don't beat yourself too up don't beat yourself up too much or you could do the other way around if you miss it 
you can just be like, oh well, I've I've missed I've messed up this much, might as well, uh, you know, go go a little bit further, and then using these parameters which we set up with yeah which we set up for ourselves, uh, we tend to tend to live a life uh, which we feel is justified, but when we're playing by God's rules, when we're playing by the rules of the divine we need to understand that we are fallen creatures so at the inception of creation god knew exactly what he was getting into when he made adam the bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made so why would god be fearful because he knew exactly the cost of salvation he knew the cost for the price of grace even though it's so free for us um, it had to come at a price for him and the price being the death of Jesus on the cross and it is a silly concept if you think about it right like how can the death of one person forgive everyone's sin past present and future um, it's a bit of a ludicrous concept like let, let's be let's be honest with each other um, and then this is where your faith comes in it's only through your faith that Jesus died for your sins and he died to redeem your sins that you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And through that acceptance opens up the door for the grace of God to operate in your life. Now, coming back to the concept of, of the death of Jesus, um, there are so many Bible studies done on this, but in a nutshell, we're not here to do a Bible study, we're just here to reflect. Um, in in essence, Jesus is the perfect Lamb. Uh, in the Old Testament days, uh, when the where, where the yeah where the Jews were called the Israelites, um, they were given a whole bunch of laws and decrees by God Himself on how to live life, and those laws have been expounded upon. And added onto by, um, you know, the, the generations of rabbis that came after, and um, to this day, uh, the first five books of the Bible uh, are, make up the core belief of of Judaism, and uh, and in there, for someone's sin to be forgiven and redeemed, they would offer a blood sacrifice. Sorry, an animal sacrifice, not a blood sacrifice. Sorry, the animal had to die, and um, it's it's a bit of a brutal um, ceremony uh, where the animal uh, they would pick a lamb. I'm not too sure about the specifics on this, but it, it was it was a lamb. Somebody, sorry, it's my dog. Um, it was a lamb uh, in which the the sinner would place his hands on this lamb and the lamb had to meet specific criteria the one the main thing that sits out in my head is it had to be a spotless lamb so pure white and i think like one year old i'm not too sure uh but if you want more information it's in the bible read it it's a good book um yeah so the sinner's hand would be placed on the lamb and the lamb Ideally, what that's doing is the sinner would infer or put all his sins and transfer it to the lamb. And now 
the spotless lamb has gained this spot of sin from the person who uh, is offering the sacrifice. Uh, the high priest then uh, slays the lamb and the blood is shed and the shedding of the blood is the payment for the sin that was shed. So instead of the sinner dying, the sins are imparted onto the lamb. The lamb has taken the place of the sinner and um, the lamb was slain for the freedom and redemption of the sinner. Uh, if you want, if you want an example, um, uh, the whole thing with Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was supposed to be slain as a test uh, for God to, um, for, for uh, sorry, as a test for Abraham and his faithfulness. Abraham was faithful. He was about to plunge the knife into his only son, but God at the last minute stopped him, uh, sent the angel down, and sent a replacement ram as a sacrifice. Now, it's only because of Abraham's faithfulness that gave the precedent for God uh, to send Jesus down and for Jesus to die for our sins, which is a really interesting thought if you think about it, because God doesn't can't operate in, in earth without pretty much a, a precedent being set or without your permission. He can only move in your life if you give him the authority to move in your life. If you say, God, come and help me, I need help, and you don't, you know, and you don't offer him, like, reign over your life, how is he going to assist you, you know? Um, so this, I guess I'm sidetracking here. Um, so back to where I was going. Uh, yes, so that was the whole concept of uh, the, the sin sacrifice, I guess. And that concept is what created that, sacrificial lamb ceremony I'm not really too sure about the name, the official name for it but that sets the precedent for God to send Jesus down and lay his life down for us so that we can be offered the grace and what makes Jesus special, you may be asking that like why, why Jesus out of everyone well Jesus is special because he was fully God, yet fully man, which is what a lot of people um, have a hard time comprehending. Jesus was faced with the same trials, the same temptation, the same uh, challenges that we face as humans, because he was 100% human, but at the same time, he was 100% God. So because of these dual natures working in him, he was able to overcome the trials and the temptations that come out, that came his way as a human. So he, he was fully celibate. He was fully devoted to God. Before, before setting out on his ministry, he was working. He was providing for his family. I'm sure he would have picked up the trade as a carpenter. And, um, you know, it's, this is a pretty interesting thought. Imagine that there's... There's probably a table or a chair or a, uh, a dining set, some some relics of Jesus's craftsmanship out there. <laughs> you never know. It's pretty cool if you think of it that way. Um, but yeah, so because he was able to overcome these trials and temptations, is what made him the ideal candidate for that sacrifice. And this is the thing. He could have tapped out at any moment in his life, and God would have taken him up. But 
he was so completely aligned with the will of the Father that he laid his very life down and went through those unbelievable torments that he faced just so that we can just so that you know so we can be saved so that we can have that grace we can have that gift we can enter into the the presence of god and and enjoy the gifts of grace so this is the background as to uh, how you enter into grace but why is it so um why is it so controversial i guess um you know a lot of a lot of people stray away from the message of grace because they feel that it's just you know too easy of a message to preach but when you understand the cost that went into providing you that free gift i don't think you'll be sinning as easy as you do if you (laughs) didn't understand grace um and this is the thing, right? So when, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we essentially sign away our life to him. We're saying, look, I've lived life my way, and now, now it's up to you. The reins are in your hands. Um, and this is, where <clears throat> this is where we offer our life to Jesus to take over. Swapping our life for the new life that for, for the resurrected life that Jesus entered into. So, essentially, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross covered us, covered our sin, past, present, and future, and covers us with this rose or crimson-colored shades. Every time God looks down on us from heaven, He doesn't see you the sinner he doesn't see the person committing the crime the person living in sin the person you know living a lifestyle which isn't acceptable to god he sees the blood of his son which was shed for the redemption of that person so yes you've accepted jesus you've given your life over to him you've you've accepted that you've been cleansed by his blood and now you have the the uh, authority to enter into grace, to enter into uh, the life that God envisioned for you. So now that you've given God the permission, this is when you can have that unhindered relationship with him. This is when you can go to him for any problem. This is where you can uh, faithfully and rely on all the promises that he gives you in the bible and you know they will come to pass because god now doesn't see you as a sinner but he sees you as a son or a daughter right he and and this is and the the very person that he came down to lay his life for he sees you as that his most beloved and and there is that there's that freedom to move in in his presence in his in his love in his operation and you know because you've given him access into your life that's where you can uh, claim the benefits of healing claim the benefits of breakthrough uh, claim the benefits of all the good things that god has in store 
for his sons and daughters. Now, don't get me wrong. This is where uh, a lot of people uh, misunderstand grace. Just because you've accepted God, just because you have access to all of these benefits, doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy and breezy. So don't get discouraged when you get tested in this time. Because the, uh, the enemy's number one goal is to break that relationship that you have. He's going to throw everything he's got at you to break that, that connection that you have with God. And, and I'm sure you've done this. If you have a relationship with God, uh, an existing one, and you spent, and I'm sure this has happened to you because this includes me as well. Um, when you have that relate, if you've had that relationship with him, um, you you spend you spend that one week being so focused on the things of God, focused for uh, doing God's will, being uh, you know reading your Bible, listening to the worship music, uh, spending time with God through prayer and worship. Every every single thought is God, 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 and then somehow somewhere and no one is um, immune to this there's that little bit of temptation that seeps in through the hole in your armor and and that's when it gets you so all the time that you've built up gone in a fraction of a second because you fell into sin and now you're feeling so guilty that you know you've disappointed God because you've been having these heaven touching moments the entire week and then because of your 10 second lapse of judgment you're back to back to ground one and this is where you're like oh god doesn't like me anymore he he you know i'm a sinner i'm, I'm filth i i feel utterly and completely useless because i can't i can't do what what he did and and to be honest what god asks us to do is quite impossible but he doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. If you think about it, Jesus was able to um, withstand all these all these temptations, but we can't because we are of a fallen nature. Jesus wasn't because he was of a godly nature, and he he wants us to be Christ-like. We can't do it in our own effort. We can't do it in our own in our own efforts like. As, as much as I've tried, you just can't. You, you absolutely can't. You will be so depressed at the end of the day because the standard God has for your own effort is unattainable. So if you're thinking that you are a good person, compare yourself to God's standard and that will give you the biggest reality check you've ever experienced. And quite frankly speaking, it'll shake your <laughs> it'll shake your belief. But there's grace, right? That's where grace comes in. Grace comes in to pick you up from where you've fallen, to get you back to where you were before you sinned. So you go back to God with a repentant heart and keep your mind off the sin and on God off your own efforts and on God's finished work on the cross that's when you operate in grace 
that's when you won't start to to abuse it that's when and these are the signs that you understand the cost of grace you understand how to operate in grace and you understand just how much of a gift it is like no one has no one is perfect in this life in this world everyone sins i'm a sinner i'm probably a bigger sinner than all the people listening out there right now but this is the thing every time i do sin i i have an internal struggle with myself like it's always it's always this thing that gets me down and i i ask god help me (laughs) help like i don't want to keep i don't want this to be the only thing that that breaks our connection and there's grace in in our conversation because he a listens to my prayer b picks me up when i'm feeling down and c reassures me that i'm still loved in his sight still loved in his presence still welcomed because that's the only thing no matter how much we sin no matter how big we think our sin is no matter how far we think we're running away from god he will be he will be running to meet us when we're walking back to him when we're when we're thinking hang on will he accept me like in this time in this dispensation of grace god is going to accept you there will be a time where it's too late but we haven't gotten there yet and that's another conversation which i need to um, think about a lot before i even touch on that topic but in terms of grace come on it's you don't need to overcomplicate it you don't need to touch it with a temper like you don't need to be afraid of it all you need to do is accept jesus as your lord and savior understand that his grace is a free gift that can be accessed when you accept him as your lord and savior and uh and and learn that it's it's not about covering your sin it's about understanding that yes you are a sinner yes there's nothing that you can do to change your fallen nature but god has bridged the gap for you like he doesn't because you've accepted that because of the grace from the cross of calvary that where, where jesus died for you god doesn't see you as the sinner he sees you as a son so when you learn to operate and understand grace more deeper or in, in a more more fundamental level it's one of the best gifts out there <laughs> salvation is first because hey yes you know you're you're, you're redeemed <laughs> and then you have um and then you have grace which is next which is renewed every single day god gives it this is the time where god has his arms open waiting for his sons and daughters to come back into his presence something that i feel that today is so hard to do because we're so distracted by the things around us notifications going off everywhere you probably heard a couple of notifications just then Um, notifications going off big flashing lights everywhere an instantaneous nature um, of, of everything around us i mean with the push of a button we can have literally anything that we want everything is so instantaneous we're driven by likes we're driven by 
um, convenience. But that's the thing. God is not a convenient God. He's not there for your convenience. He's there for a relationship. He's there to challenge the way you think. He's there to grow that relationship that he wants so dearly ever since creation. That's the only reason why he created us, to be in unison with him. He's not there for convenience. And if, and, and if that hurts you, I don't know what else to say. Like, this is a challenging uh, thought to accept. It's, it, it, definitely, it definitely challenged me. It, it turned my understanding of grace around. I used to think that grace was, was something that, was, uh, that allowed me to keep on sin- sinning. <laughs> You know, I as I, as I mentioned earlier, it like it weaponized my my self-servient lifestyle. Everything that I did that made me feel good as a person was not with the will of God. Was not in the will of God, I should say. But when I gave my life to God, that's when I started to change the way I think, change the way I act, change the way I speak. Because I knew what I was doing was not in his will, was not aligned to the life that he's called to live, called me to live, sorry. And look, you don't have to be a super Christian. This is my experience that I'm sharing with you about grace. I was, I was, I wouldn't say that I've had the most sinful life, but growing up, I was exposed to a lot of, a lot of things that would, that would have taken me off the path of God uh, if my um, upbringing wasn't correct. And I was one of those lucky ones to have two loving parents uh, who, who gave me the best bit of advice, which I would happily pass on to anyone <laughs> who listens, <laughs> right? Um, they said, Every, the world is open to you. you know, do whatever you want but know that there's a line. If you cross the line, you have to live with those consequences. And they didn't... It it was the most ingenious method of telling telling a kid how to experience life because the the decisions were with me. I, I, I knew where to draw the line because of what they'd told me. Uh, I knew where it was going too far. I knew where I was approaching it. And in some occasions, I actually did push it. And I lived with those consequences. But if you take away nothing take from, from listening to this, take this away. You're, when, when you live life, do whatever you want. But know that there's a line. If you cross the line, you got to live with those consequences. So stay within that line. Um, the best bit of advice I've heard, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> from from parents. Um, so yeah, uh, and you know, based off that advice, I I pretty much lived life. I was open to a lot of things. I was open. I was exposed to a lot of things, but I knew where to where to stop. And this wasn't, um, this was before I became a Christian. And, you know, my, 
I, I, I used to I used to swear a lot. I used to uh, talk dirty a lot. Um, pretty pretty bad sort of mindset. Um, wasn't very open. Wasn't very accepting. Was very narrow minded. And after accepting God, I I understood where what my place was in this world. Um, there were a lot of conversations. Nothing happened overnight. This was a lot of thought, talk, uh, thought and talk with God. I should say it's not just not just with me. But yeah, it was it was a lot of um, a lot a lot of going back and forth. And when God showed me what my place was in this world, it was one of the biggest. Um, I guess the term is crystallizing moment um, in in my life uh, to understand where I stood and my purpose and what I needed to do. It was great. Um, And and a lot of people will search their entire life without understanding what their purpose is in this world. And if you are one of those people, I can guarantee you one of the quickest ways to find out what your purpose in is in this world is to live a life in service of others it doesn't come easy and you know one of the key uh, uh, pillars I guess of Christianity is to live your life in service so when you're ser- when, when you live uh, a life to serve that's when you gain true happiness because happiness doesn't come from wealth it doesn't come from how many um, girls you sleep with it doesn't come from how many um uh, you know, all, all the zeros in your account doesn't come from how many properties you have. Like, it's not materialistic. True happiness comes from a life of service. And I can tell you, I look forward to the Sundays where I'm, where I'm serving at church. And my, and my service in church is actually quite demanding. Uh, it goes, it, do, it doesn't just stay on the Sunday. It, it goes, it stretches from... <laughs> From the from the Monday all the way to the Sunday, and I I enjoy those moments because I know I'm working for a better purpose. I'm working for something that doesn't satisfy the flesh, but it satisfies my soul. Um, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> uh, yeah, g- getting back to the story when I was. When I gave my life to God, it was a slow journey of understanding what my place was, uh, what my purpose was, how to live life, and the amount of unlearning I had to do, I'm still recovering to this day. To this day, I'm still recovering. And I guess (laughs) at the topic of this conversation... There's grace in this recovery, right? There's grace in the times I fall. There's grace in, in the times where, where God shows me, you know what, Royson, you're not going down the right way. And, and then you feel that. You feel that you're not going, uh, you're, you're walking the right path. You feel it. And then you say, no, you know what, God, I'm going to walk a little bit longer. And then God says, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll lead you to it. But when... You initially, when you inevitably get burnt, come back to me and I'll show you the right path. And um, you know, you you're like, oh yeah, what do you know, God? 
you walk you walk you walk down that line as uh you know uh, to no one's surprise you get burnt and then you uh, go back to build with your leg bet- uh, with your tail between your legs and ask your wife if they need the right way to walk and then she shows you the right path and there's been so many instances like that where i've experienced in my life um i guess this is going a, a off topic like like crazy um look i think this is a good good place to wrap up um this was this was grace uh a, a quick uh, i guess an at at a glance understanding of grace nothing too deep um just just the basic uh concept of it uh, what it costs uh, how you can access it um you know uh, and yeah how to walk in it so this this was uh this was the second episode i guess uh if you if you like it uh keep keep subscribing i'll put some social information up so you know how to reach me if you want to get in contact uh yeah once once that's up if you guys have uh, more ideas and, and and concepts you want me to reflect on uh please feel free to to contact me and let me know so once again, it's been Royson from the Prayer Closet. Thank you so much for listening. See you